0: You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. All right. For some reason, I am getting my microphone level, so that looks very good. But I don't know if you guys heard the music. You know, it won't matter because when I edit it, you'll hear the music. Because that's just the way it goes. Uh, anyways, it's uh, DW here with uh, Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. In studio with me is Sean Lother. How you doing?
1: Hey, how are you?
0: Good, good. And then online, of course, we have uh, Dean. No, we don't have Dean. <laughs> I'm losing it today. I don't know if it's too we have much. Dano and Dee. There we go. Dano and Dee are on it. And for some reason... The levels on this are horrendous. I have no idea what's going on. I am unsure whether this is going to work properly. Thank God I've got other means of recording this thing, and the levels look fine there. So uh, we'll just continue.
1: It's quite amazing how Sure Park Soccer has Dano, D, DW, Dean, <laughs> Debbie, all Ds. All
0: Ds. It's, uh, we, we often joke about the triple D factor, and uh, you know that's how, this is all part and parcel with it. What about you guys? What do you, what, what do the other double Ds think?
2: It was pretty, it was pretty good when we walked in uh, that one day to check out that facility, and and we were t- and we were chatting with the uh, Real
3: with the region,
2: Real region and, and we were introducing ourselves. That was pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's that's right, because it definitely was the D show there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. So uh, we are now into another round of. Well, we're actually just coming out of another round of lockdowns, and I think when we had the last um, conversation, we were talking a little bit about where we just did, we were just doing more online stuff at the time, and now we're actually into one-on-one training. We've been allowed by the AHS um, to get into. Um, some actual training and, and working with players again. And uh, it's, it's been awesome. Players are real excited about it. Um, I know we're excited about it. So, uh, you know, we'll slip right into Tech Talk here and just talk about um, how things have been going, what's been going on, and how we're going to proceed. So a little bit of a COVID update as well as uh, just uh, letting everybody know what, the, what we're doing as a club and, you know, the, the procedures that it takes to get ourselves up and running again um sean you want to sort of lead it off that way
1: yeah it's uh i mean we had some one-on-one sessions on monday night and then again last night uh, we had 12 kids last night yeah it was no 12 sessions so there's probably 20 kids because they doubled up with being in the same household so that was great to see the kids out there um you know, I think they're excited as well to get back out Then having some interaction, although it's limited with, with other players and coaches, et cetera, with the physical distancing and uh, staying apart from people. But I, th- I think they enjoyed it. I mean, I certainly enjoyed it. First, first caution I've done in quite a while. Uh, showing them my patented move, which Dano quite enjoys every time <laughs> I show that. Um, uh, you know, so it was good, good in that aspect. Uh, is it back to the real game? No, we're still a far, far way away from that. Uh, but at least you have that interaction. And I think that that connection is the most important thing. Uh, we had a podcast today with um, uh, a bit of soccer. They brought a sports psychologist on and he was talking about, you know, the most important thing right now is just to have that connection with players and the play- players' interaction is very important for, for the children, you know, so... That was great. Uh, I think what this guy said, we, we all feel anywhere in normal times where we have to get to know players. But even more so right now, it's essential that we, we get connect with them. Uh, don't expect too much from them, from both a mental, physical, and tactical, technical aspect. Uh, you know, we have to be patient with players, they're going to make lots of mistakes because uh, they haven't been doing it for such a long time, and, and we, we have to accept that and just just get to know them.
0: Yeah, for sure. What about you guys? Uh, I, I know, Dee, you're still working online, mainly with the, uh, with the community side of things. Uh, just sort of fill us in on how you think that's been going and, and uh, your thoughts at watching the athletes. How excited are they that they're – I mean, are you getting any information or feedback that they're going to be happy to get back at some live training?
2: Yeah, so I give credit to, uh, to the ones that have stuck it out on the, on the online sessions. Um, I've gotten to know, uh, a good, uh, group of the kids that I've been on throughout, uh, the U4 all the way through to the United. And it's, and it's almost the same kids that come back on. So, um, you know, that those are the ones that are eager to, to be active and, and get back on. I did have one question from, uh, from a player of, of when we would be returning to getting on field and, and things like that but um, I mean getting back to how our community program runs with games and, and sessions and things like that um, uh, it's still a long ways away of course uh, with, the, with the, the new restrictions and, and slowly getting back into it but um, uh, I feel that uh, our community program for our kids are there they want to play games and you know they're spending themselves, they're spending their time like all kids in an online world for school at, at some points uh, throughout the year and and things like that and and I think uh, you know our community program players and members they just uh, they want to have fun and they want to
3: play games.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's understandable. I mean, it's the the best part of the game is playing it, uh, getting touches on the ball, moving. You know the socializing aspect of it, the uh, the just playing on a team and trying to score and trying to do well. It's uh, it it's what makes life uh, fun for all these people. But about you, uh, Dano, on the uh, Phoenix side of things, uh, you getting uh, some some feedback from coaches and and uh, players on on the excitement about getting back at it as well.
3: Yeah, Sean kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, there's definitely a little bit of excitement um, with these with this new update of max up to eight person social distance training, just to get, you know, collectively back on the field. And things may look a little bit different, but, you know, to be out there with your coach and with your friends, I think we'll have a little bit of a resemblance of normalcy. So people are excited with that, but as with anything, um, in youth sports and working, there's a lot of questions that go with it, especially this time, right. In regards to how many players can be on what half of a pitch, um, you know, in, answering questions about how often players will go, refund requests, having staff. So it's, it's a lot of logistics and connecting the dots right now. But, um, yes, yeah, speaking of the one-on-one sessions, it's a little bit of a preview of, I think, what we can expect in the next few weeks, at least before March, and if there's any further updates. And the kids seem to really enjoy it. Um, I was also on the call with Matt Brown um, for the ASL And, yeah, it's important just to connect with the kids I think I made a purpose of doing that yesterday and just ask them how school's going and what they've been up to, some of their hobbies and interests, and just just connect with them because they need to have human interactions outside of their household and siblings and parents first and foremost. So yeah, it was good to get out this week.
0: Well, that's awesome. And, and just your own thoughts, Sean, as to the club and and I, I mean Dan, Daniel's already uh, alluded to it, but the what the club is hoping to do in the next couple of weeks, and I know again he was saying the logistics about field space and all that stuff. So you know, with the information that we have from AHS currently, what it, what does it look like for us moving forward?
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's challenging times. I mean, you'll you'll make a plan. You have a plan, Plan B, and a Plan C, and you have to now make Plan X because <laughs> it it just changes so quickly. I mean, we were thrown thrown a curveball. Last Saturday, when um, it was announced via tweet Twitter, uh, Twitter by Dr. Henshaw that youth sports could resume, you know we were told it would not be until March first, yeah, and that we would get adequate notice about the changes coming up, and then this thing was just thrown thrown upon us. So, kudos to Alberta Soccer, you know, did a great job right away. They, they got on a on to create a document to talk about the physical distance training, what's required it, it players with two coaches, uh, all socially distanced, etc. But even that plan that they put together last week has already had one or two changes to changes it. to it. Right. Yeah. So we're still trying to figure out exactly what we can do. Uh, Dean is working very diligently trying to get schedules put together, but uh, there's lots of factors that come into play. And you know, I wish it was that easy just to spend an hour and get it done, but it, it takes hours and hours and hours. And we have to put the plan together, change it, change it again, put the plan together, change it again. <laughs> so it's it's a difficult situation, but eventually uh, we'll get there and we'll get kids on the kids on the park and they will enjoy meeting their pals again face-to-face, although it's nine feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they will, you know, enjoy themselves. It's still
0: that opportunity to see each other and to, to be part of that for sure. I think that uh, some of it too, uh, in regards to us sussing out and making sure that we have space available for all the teams and things to train with, is, is the fact that, some of this is out of our hands. This is municipalities and districts and counties deciding whether they want to open facilities and what time they're going to open. Uh, Cause in a lot of cases it's staff, it's a staffing issue where we're like the city of Edmonton is going to be opening up a couple of facilities, rinks and, and community centers, but it's all based on the, the people they've already laid off and bringing them back. So in um, as much as it's, time for us to sit down and it's time that Dean, the, the guy who does the bulk of the scheduling here at the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. <laughs> sorry, I was about to launch into the relaunch of the title anyway. Um, as much and as solid as the work is that's being done here in the office at the end of the day, we're a little bit at the mercy of the different counties and districts where we actually get these fields from and whether they're opening case in point millennium. It's not a it, millennium. The facility itself is not going to open till the 16th. Um, and I know we're only, you know, a few days away or, you know, seven days away, six days away, whatever it is, before that happens. But it still takes a little bit. Once it's open, then we can sort of figure out a scheduling issue or, or scheduling, not necessarily issues, but just scheduling in general.
1: We've met with Millennium uh, three times this week. Wow. You know, uh, just for updates and they're, they're trying to work on their protocols and mm-hmm. how kids are going to enter the facility, exit the facility, and not just for soccer but for the other user groups such as hockey and ringette and figure skating and swimming and basketball, you name it. So there's a lot of work goes into this. Uh, you know, players and parents don't understand the amount of time that goes into getting them back on the pitch. So I know they will appreciate it. Uh, sometimes it's a, it's a thankless task that we do, but, uh, you know, we'll get there eventually and we will see those smiling faces and the kids enjoying themselves.
0: Yeah. I I think everything's going in the right direction, both in the, uh, the COVID numbers, I guess, uh, and the way the province has sort of reacted and finally sort of gotten on board, the wearing of masks, the distancing, all that. I mean, you still have pockets where it's a bit difficult at times, but, uh, Things seem to be trending in the right direction, and hopefully we can maintain that even through this. Uh, and that's all part and parcel with, with you folks out there that are listening in. I mean, the only way to combat this is to follow the, sure. the, the procedures and, and the ideals of your, your, your health services department the, in your neck of the woods, wherever you may be listening. Um, I'm not sure how they handle it in Russia, but you know, uh, for that listener that's out there in Russia... Uh, hopefully they'll, they'll be running things for you co- correctly, <laughs> but listeners. what was that? I said,
3: listeners, it's plural. You know, listeners,
0: them. You're right. There's a couple there. There's a, there's a few in uh, Kazakhstan and, uh, and a bunch in, um, Iceland. Iceland, Iceland. Well, they're all over the shop. I'm telling you, people are everywhere listening to, uh, you know, soccer talk in the park. And why? Well, I, I think it's got more to do with, uh, I don't know what it's got to do with. It's, it's, it's good, solid it's fun. That's what. Radio <laughs> Could be that They're like Oh this is a soccer show Oh okay Yeah great These guys are fantastic I think it's the use Of the F-bomb Fantastic That's what it is
1: It's funny The missus likes Watching those uh, Hallmark shows You know Oh Christmas tell time. me no The So there was one on That was uh, Getting married in Iceland I think it was called And <laughs> Nice title I, I watched Get that Get married one. <laughs> in Iceland <laughs> <laughs> Something like that
0: Anyway And you watched
1: it Yeah I did I watched it
0: and was her enjoyment had?
1: Uh, there was some reindeers around.
0: Uh, <laughs> I meant, did you enjoy it?
1: Uh, it was okay. Yeah,
0: <laughs> my sister's the queen of watching that. We, we just call it sappy Christmas movies. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure Dee is all over that too, aren't you, Dee? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well... Listen, we're going to take our first break here, and uh, when we come back, we're going to touch base a little bit on club culture, what that means, what it's about, can you know? Can you manufacture it, can you put it together, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is brought to you by Above and Beyond Compression, Inc., they have the largest inventory of natural gas parts in Western Canada, and we're back. Soccer talk in the park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. You know, I say that every time, and yet the commercials that we put in here say you're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer <laughs> Association. Um, but I
3: think
0: you like to hear your voice. Uh, you know, it's it, and it's me doing the commercials too. So yeah, I kind of like my own voice. Yeah. I, is that ego uh, being stroked a little bit by me? Yeah, yeah. yeah nothing like stroking your own ego, huh?
1: <laughs> so I had, I had a comment there, but I uh,
0: I kept my inside voice. Yes, yeah, on the uh, on the regular internet, we could probably get away yeah, with it though. <laughs> um, so listen, let's let's dive into a little bit of uh, club culture. Now I know we've touched base on it a little bit in the past past episodes. Um, and I know it's something that everybody wants to have a club culture, some kind of club culture. How do you go about changing that? Is it is it is it dependent on the membership? Is it dependent on the staffing? Is it dependent on the players? Um, I, obviously, it's a combination of them all. What are your guys' thoughts on club culture and and how to go about it, creating it?
3: I think D-Dubs is a collective, I think. you got to, first off, look at yourself in the mirror and look at yourself as a staff and create that community for players. Um, obviously, young players and parents, when you're working with young athletes, want to be a part of something, something you know that's a leader in the game or the sport and something they can be proud of to wear the badge. Um, so I think when you look at it from our perspective, being staff, I think you've got to you know, listen to the members, Uh, take pride in what you're doing and try and create the best opportunities for the kids and the best platforms that, you know, they can connect themselves to be a Phoenix player, be part of our SB to Stay program, be part of our grassroots and be proud of that. So I think it's a collective, but it definitely starts with us as a staff first.
0: Okay. D what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think it comes from the top down, to be honest with you. Um, You know, a collection, a collection of collaboration with everybody. What do we stand for? what do we want to, how do we want to grow? What is our, what is our goals for our players and what is our goals for our staff? Things like that. And, and, and creating uh, a connection and collaboration with, our, with staff membership um, uh, members, players, and, 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 you know, making it, uh, making it one club. Right. And um, yeah, I just think that, uh, I think that we can create in different ways. I know, um, my famous club that I support uses a, a fake song, you know, um, there's clubs out in, in Spain, uh, things like that, that, uh, they, they cheer and sing and, 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 and have that part of their identity. So, uh, I think there's a lot of things that you can do to, to create a club, club culture, but it has to come from the top down.
0: Yeah. Now you were, you were talking about your favorite club It's Scunthorpe United, right? no i'm kidding and then sean you you, you've been around pro clubs youth clubs you know provincial associations what are your thoughts in in regards to a a club culture
1: it's very difficult to to change a culture that a a club has been used to yeah people don't like change generally and to to completely change the culture quickly is is very difficult yeah. to do. It has to be
0: a gradual,
1: a gradual. Uh, and for instance, Sherwood Park soccer made a massive decision uh, two years ago to become a national youth club license holder. And that comes with a, with a lot of, a lot of items that we have, we have to tick boxes yeah, of course. to get there. So that's, uh, that was a big decision. The, the leadership of the club made that decision that they want to be part of the top level of youth soccer in Canada and we're working towards that. That that will shift the culture. Mm-hmm. Is it completely done yet? Absolutely not. There's lots of work to do, but it takes a long, long time and a lot of hard work and a lot of buy-in. Then Dee mentioned the collaboration. You need the collaboration from everybody, from the board of directors to the staff, to the coaches, the players, the parents, you name it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not easy easy to change a culture and my goodness i've been trying to get newcastle to change their culture for a lot of years and that's that's taking a very very long time so yeah it's uh it's it's not it's not an easy thing to do no
0: it's not an easy thing to do i know uh, i've been around enough clubs as well and 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 tried to see you know directions and things they want to go and how they can change things and you're right it's 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 not necessarily something that happens well it's it never is something that would happen overnight. It it takes time, and as you say, it takes buy-in. All it, all that takes is a few people not to buy in, then you end up with stumbling blocks trying to get past certain. I don't want to use the term issues, but not issues, but the people's thinking, the way people think in general.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's always going to be barriers thrown up. Yeah, um, with people not wanting to see change, and they want to have it the, the status quo as well the way it used to be, has always been. Uh, so it's up to the, the club, the, the staff, the board of directors to all keep, you know, talking to people, uh, walking the walk, you know, we're doing it for this reason, etc. and then we will see that gradual change. I think uh, we're going to talk about facility later as, as a massive part of this. If we have our own home, then then you can certainly effect change a lot quicker.
0: Well, well, you mentioned it, so let's just dive into it. Uh, you know, having having a facility, uh, does that help? Does it hinder? Does it, I, I, you know, I, I think we all know that whether it's a, a, a small pro club or, or just a, a youth club in Europe, some I'll, most of them will have some kind of a clubhouse or a place for people to gather, whether it's before a match, during a match, after a match. They'll have their offices there and things. And it really gives a club a sense of identity. Uh, and through that identity, you can start to change those minds in regards to the club culture. Yeah, just some thoughts maybe from, from the top here, uh, Shano, about uh, what's going on with us as, as a club and, and the possibility of this um, a, a facility coming to fruition for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long haul for sure, Park Soccer. I mean, I've, I'm new to the club, but I'm aware of <laughs> what's been going on over, over the past eight years or whatever since I became involved with, uh, you know, Alberta Soccer as a TD and then as an ED. Uh, and it's difficult, you know. You you don't want to go into something and end up, end up not having the financial resources to follow it through. So the board of directors have been very diligent and, I've went through all the pros and cons, and I think finally we're at, we're at the place right now where we're just about to pull the trigger. Well, that's awesome. You know, so um, hopefully in the next next few weeks, um, the board of directors will decide to, okay, let's do it, and we'll start the process of uh, getting our own place, which will be here in Sherwood Park, um, and look to create a, a home for, for the staff, or the parents, the players, etc., cetera, that we can be proud of. So it's probably closer than it's ever been. And I think Dano is probably the most educated in how much has been has been going on in regard to this over, over the years. And uh once we get it done, it's gonna be a happy day for a lot of people here in Sherwood Park who have been looking forward to having our own home. On top of that, news coming out of the county, Strathcona County, you know, they're they're getting closer to to putting shovels in, in the ground for a massive complex. Um, so that's supposed to be coming coming down the pipe, and hopefully that occurs fairly quickly as well, and that will be a full-sized indoor soccer field. Oh, that's... So it's exciting right now. Um, COVID has put a damp on a bunch of stuff. Of course. But uh, it seems to be that these facilities in the Sherwood Park region might just happen.
0: Yeah, so Dano, I mean... It, it Shano alluded to it you you've probably uh, as far as the technical staff goes I know D-, D you've been a coach here but Dano you you've probably been at the club the longest and much yeah. like me with the Vancouver Whitecaps when I was there we used to hear stories constantly every year about a complex we're going to build this we're going to build that and I was with them I want to say 18 17 18 years and it never happened <laughs> it finally has for them of course when they went MLS but what are your thoughts about the you know the prospects of things happening here, and and uh, sort of not necessarily the time frame, but just how difficult it is to to have that stuff come and happen. You've been hearing about it for how many years?
3: Yeah, no, Sean kind of alluded to it. So I've been with the clubs from October of twenty twelve. Now it's been uh, quite a quite a time, quite a journey. When you speak in regards to facilities, um, it's definitely, um, I think, a want and a need by a lot of people and a lot of a lot of board members have work. Um, hard trying to achieve this you know even speaking to council and whatnot and trying to get um, whether it be a clubhouse and, and make our, our soccer facility um, with a dome at Millennium Place or connect with the rugby um, club out in Sherwood Park and connect that way if, if we could have a partnership and create a clubhouse and, and that leads into culture as well so you know, speaking strictly of an indoor facility we, we, we've definitely gone down this road before but as Sean mentioned, it's it's a big financial, um, you know, burden or undertaking and and you want to make sure that you're doing, doing things properly. So it it seems like we're definitely getting some traction with a potential facility. Um, It's it's not going to house everything we want, but it's going to be an absolute huge, huge plus to us as a club. Um, we, We can do a lot of things within the classroom and then right onto the pitch and coach education and working with our young players. So, it will be a huge, huge boost to what we're trying to do at the club. And then in addition, if this county facility gets up and go in the next, you know, what, what maybe four to six years, it's just going to push on even more. Yes. It won't be our own, but it's an opportunity to have access in our, in our backyard to 11 v 11 pitch, which is huge.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. A D, I know, I know you've been here for, for not quite as long as Dano, but, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've heard the same thing. And, and, it goes the same way with, like I said, that we're we're not uh, new to this uh, as far as people wanting facilities for their clubs. But uh, what are your what are your thoughts with uh, with respect to, you know, just timing and making sure things go and how it lends itself to the culture?
2: I I, I think it's just amazing that we get a start right. So, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk, there's been a lot of research. Now there seems like we're very close, and I'm just excited to to see to to, to get it. To see it grow, uh, to see us get programming in it, to see the, uh, our membership uh, see the benefit of having something that is sure parks. Um, because again, if we don't, ha- they don't know what we what they don't know. So once we start getting uh, a, a, a facility, even if it's a small one, um, people will, tr- will start to see that. Then we can go back into the county and we can we can have more people within our club. If if and when we create that club culture, and if we have that within our facility, we can have our membership format back. For, hey, this is this has been a good thing for our players and the development of players. And you know we don't know that because we don't have it. So once we have it, we can build on it. And then hopefully in four to six years, and we get into the into you know the eleven v the eleven side of pitch, then again that's another stepping stone for us. And 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 that ties back into to what you're talking about club culture there.
0: He does. Yeah, and I and I I know with the AYSL and the and the growth of teams there and the thoughts with the uh, Canadian Soccer Association on how many teams they're eventually going to build into. I mean, the prospect of the AYSL alone is eight teams, uh, four female and four male teams that uh, the PDP programming will have. And you know aside from that the the rest of the club you, you just need somewhere to house them all uh, I mean and it's a tough thing when you're in an area and you're you're having to go to other districts for spacing and for uh, facility usage and uh, having it in your own backyard will just make a huge difference there'll be I'm thinking there'll be way more pride put into it as well um, by the people that understand this is in my own backyard this I can utilize this and this is this is this is us this is who we are um so I I, I don't know I, th- I think it's going to be a good thing as far as the uh once it gets happening and I and I think the culture will definitely shift and uh and that club culture as we, as we were talking about earlier will will ex- will grow exponentially which will be a happy thing. Hey, we're going to take another break here. Um, when we come back, I think we're going to have some thoughts a little bit on young players' fitness. This one-on-one training has uh, sort of lent itself to uh, <laughs> uh, the COVID bods, so to speak. Uh, a lot of kids with dad bods at the moment. Um, and then we'll we'll definitely get d- dip into the uh, fun and wild world of the EPL FA Cup, uh, the FIFA Club World Cup. Uh, which is going on. And we're watching an FA Cup game in the studio as we speak. Um, And by the time you hear this, this game will be over. So I'm going to tell you, it's 1-0 right now for Chelsea. I'm just throwing it out there. Anyways, you're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is brought to you by Above and Beyond Compression, Inc. They have the largest inventory of natural gas parts in Western Canada. And welcome back. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. I've got uh, Sean Lother. Sean, how are you doing? Pretty good. Dan and D, you are on the line. How are you guys? Good, good. Just sort of a reintroduction of who's actually on the show. Um, so going into the break, we were going to talk about uh, Young Players Fitnesses. Fitnesses? Is that an actual word? Fitness. fitness. There we go. I'll pluralize fitness. Do fitnesses? is The like anyway, sheeps. The sheeps' <laughs> the clothing. No, whatever. I feel like I've been drinking. That's what I feel like right now. We haven't. Uh, it is an afternoon family show, so. Um, but thoughts on working on the young players' fitness when they return? And... Uh, we, we've all seen it now in the last little bit, just uh, how COVID and the lack of getting out there and doing anything.
1: Never mind the player's fitness, what about <laughs> yeah. the coach's
0: fitness? Oh, I tell you, I've been striking a lot of balls at goalkeepers that <laughs> I am, within 10 minutes, I'm like, oh my God, how many more balls do I have to hit?
1: I know, it's crazy, like, you don't realize, like, how difficult it is. Yeah. I mean, my legs were killing this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Mine weren't too bad yeah. this morning. Tuesday
0: was really bad. Go ahead.
2: I got back on the, on the pitch with, uh, with my academy kids this weekend, and I packed my bag like I was going to my first day of soccer. Like, <laughs> it was <laughs> unbelievable. I my bag packed, my shoes, I had my water. I put my, my, my kit on. And then I get to the field, and they're all warming up. I join them in the warm up. I'm like, "We're playing." They're like, "You're going to play with us?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." First day back after uh, you know six weeks to eight months. I'm sorry, six weeks to eight weeks of not being able to to play. <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah, it was good. You know what? Striking some of those balls after these several boxes of Pop Tarts I've had over the last uh, <laughs> little while was a bit of a struggle.
1: D <laughs> seriously. Based upon, in, based, so based upon <laughs> the performance you had when we were doing the, uh, <laughs> the video, not the video, <laughs> how could you think you could join in with the kids?
2: Look, I play a target center mid role, so yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> it's, a it's, target yeah, center mid role. <laughs> That's <a plus laughs> the <position laughs> funniest I've never heard. One what,
3: <laughs> what target do I, center <laughs> mid role center back.
0: What about you, Daniel? How did you feel going into it? In the last couple of days, I mean, I know I've heard, I've had conversations with you, and you've said you've been working out at home and things like that. So I'm thinking, okay, Daniel's probably going to be able yeah. to pull this off. So,
3: um, I, I thought I'd be. You, you put the mask on and you get going with the kids and um, did a few exercises where um, you know I'm moving as well and some some passing sequence. And you're, you're, you're moving, man. You're getting a good sweat on. I think my Fitbit thought I threw it on like a a dog or something and it just, it went (laughs) up like crazy. I had, I hit 26,000 steps yesterday, so I was doing something right. But yeah, my legs were, were killing me at the end of the day. So, but it was good. It was nice to be able to be active and move and, and see it with the kids. Um, getting back to the kind of the topic, I think, I think you definitely have to be a bit cautious coming back into it. Um, there was one player on, Monday I believe and, and again we were giving rest breaks and you know we were making sure that there was recovery opportunities and you could just a bit tightness in their hamstrings because they really haven't done too much and only do so much at home workouts or zooms and you know being out and stretching the legs and getting moving you definitely have to ease into it I, I think a lot of coaches are going to be eager to get back in and a lot of players are going to be eager to get back in and the worst thing we can do is just hit the ground running because you're going to see setbacks with injuries I think so um, you know, these modified training, although not ideal, it may be the best opportunity to try and get uh, the kids moving. So once we can open it up, it will be a little bit easier on them as, as athletes.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it was the same thing. I, I, I dealt mostly with goalkeepers over the last couple of uh, one-on-one sessions. And, uh, you know, it, it being a position where you're on the ground, back up, on the ground, back up. Uh, these keepers—they—they they started off flying. The first ten minutes was fabulous, and then you could really <laughs> see the fatigue starting to set in. And you know, for me as a coach, and all of us that were there, uh, we, we, every player that we were working with, we could see that happening. And you're right, Dana. We we were adjusting the sessions and the repetitions based on, um, you know, the fatigue of the of the players and. And just knowing that they can't go full out right now, it's going to take a couple of months before they get back into it or a month to get back into it fully. Totally. And, um, yeah, it's uh, we, we were at a point where it was just, okay, no, 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 just sit down, drink water, you're okay, because you could see them just breathing <laughs> so hard. It was, it, it was crazy. And
1: go ahead. Yeah. And what makes it worse is, you know, back in the day, and we've talked about this quite quite a bit, Kids went out and played on their own, you know, creative, playing little games with their buddies in the streets on, uh, you know, in the little playgrounds, etc. They haven't done that at all, because they haven't been allowed out. They've been stuck in their house, not doing any interaction with other kids, and then would try to put them back into this sporting environment, where they've been totally inactive. In the past, at least they could have went out and played with their their friends, etc. But they're not even doing that. So it's even worse than what it could be with having just a break from soccer. It's it's a break from from normal life for these kids. So it's going to be difficult, both physically and mentally, for them to get back to where where they should be.
0: And it was funny. It was a comment from one of the 13-year-old goalkeepers that I was working with. Uh, He was just talking about uh, my body just feels so strange doing these actions again. He loved the fact that he was able to get back and start training again, but it was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how my muscle memory and my body just doesn't want to move the way it should move. Um, Because I'm sure most of these, these players are thinking they know how to play. They know what they're doing. They, you know... At whatever level they may be at. Uh, But when you haven't done anything for, let's say, what has it been? Two months, I guess, since the last time they actually did something. Um, It's got to be huge. It's got to be huge. How long did we actually, from the first break, so from the first COVID break to us coming back to playing again. So we played throughout the summer in a modified scenario. And then when we came to indoor, was there, did we shut down at all then? Or were we able to go right back into it, into the indoor season?
3: No, we were we were able to transition because we we had, we went so far into August into our, our training center, and there was about a week's break before um, our assessment, and then we jumped into assessments, and then, you know, teams got formed, and actually outdoor training started up even sooner because of the break from COVID, and then we ran indoors when it was middle of October, so. No, there wasn't really
0: a break there. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. We do, I'm I'm trying to think of how many times we've been actually shut down. So March, when it first hit us, we were kind of shut down then uh, until till when? Until June almost or May? Yeah,
1: June I think.
0: Yeah, and yeah. then we and then we got back at it, and then we got shut down again uh, just after yeah. Christmas.
1: No, November.
0: Our community oh, programs was was November? November. Okay. Okay, so that's... Our community program would have shut down and then after the
2: outdoor season and then got back up in, in, in October, right? So okay. they would have had a little bit of a, of a break than, than the, the Phoenix program.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's it's not a long time off, but it, it's still time off and, and time away. And I think because of the way um, the shutdown has happened and the way, you know, everybody shut down, there's you're doing as you said Sean and Dano and and D you're doing nothing like absolutely nothing you're trying to do some kind of fitness but we know with youth athletes in a lot of times unless you're really keen you're probably not going to do the sessions you think you're going to do what do you think
3: you're telling me you're not running outside in minus 40 <laughs> when you get home dude I, I don't believe it
0: like I couldn't feel my lungs just walking up the <laughs> stairs <laughs> <laughs> You were gonna say something there, Sean?
1: Yeah, it's 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 been a weird year. You know, you think time goes fast, but it's going slow, and you, you just don't keep track of time either. Like you, if Wednesday feels like a Saturday. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 just been a weird situation this these past past 10, 11 months, and uh, hopefully these vaccines get out quicker than what they're getting out right now and we're, we're back to normal as soon as we possibly can because it's been just a brutal time
0: yeah well i mean what are we at now we're in february and and they claim that everyone will be every, every canadian that wants to have the the vaccine will have it by september and that's what are we february march april may june july august september that's seven months away roughly so six months half a year away and uh, let's hope everyone keeps that downward slide because you know what? I'd rather sweat out six months of being as cautious and as careful as we possibly can to make sure that when we get to that six months and everyone's been vaccinated, that we can just sort of ramp things up again and get back to some sense of normality. I think boys. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think we've gone far enough on the... Uh, yeah,
1: let's get away from the doom and gloom. Yeah, away
0: from the doom and gloom, although I don't know how many of you in the EPL might have some doom and gloom with your teams. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's jump into that. EPL, FA Cup, uh, like I mentioned earlier on the before the break, the FIFA Club uh, World Cup, which we just saw the finals, was uh, on the television today between uh, Bayern Munich and Tigres of uh, Mexico. And, um, uh, yeah, very interesting. Was it, was it you that was alluding to it, Sean, about the, it's usually, uh, or was it Dean? It's usually a, a European South American final yeah. for the most part, it is. but to have a European and then the CONCACAF champion going at it. What do you guys think about that? It, that was, was Tigres the team that knocked out the CPL team that was involved? You, you were following that a little bit more D than I was.
2: Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not. You're not gonna quote me on it, but no, no. Uh, I want to say they they won. I think they played. Was it Montreal potentially? I,
0: I, um, well, I thought it was CPL at, at first. Yeah, I'm thinking of the CPL team. That was it. The the Force or whatever it is, Hamilton. I'm trying to think of which team it was.
2: That no, ended. the Force didn't uh, didn't make it that far.
0: Okay, never. I mean, I don't mean like right down to the end, but they was one of the CPL teams went further than we thought they would go. They kept winning. Which was nice.
1: Yeah, that that was it. Was Forge? Was it was Forge, about,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: But I thought they yeah, lost well, to a was, yeah. Costa Rican team. Oh, okay, maybe, maybe. Yeah.
2: yeah. So different, different competition. That's the the Concacaf Champions League, and but, they were trying to qualify for the for the for the Champions League, right? So they were they are trying to qual- they were in the qualification rounds, and they got knocked off by.
0: But doesn't like Sean yeah? But doesn't that. the winner of that Concacaf league becomes the club champion because that's isn't that yeah? But that's so. This the competition that they're in is for next year. So ah, okay, so, okay, fair enough. So like, Tigres would have won
2: the champions, the Cap Champions League of last year. Ah, okay, so yeah, then they yeah. Right for the Club World Cup of just like how uh, Bayern won the Champions League uh, last year. So they now go into the Club World Cup.
0: Yeah, and and of course, I, I'm not giving anything away. And again, by the time you hear this, it's over, anyways. Bayern won the game, uh, one nil. But it was amazing to see um, and hear the commentators talk about how balanced. Like Tigris wasn't that far off of of doing well, and it's sort of lends itself to uh, on any given day type thing. If you're mm-hmm. a team and you're you're playing at the you're the best you can play, you're going to have a shot at uh, at creating and and doing well. Um,
3: w- I hope there's a listener in Mexico that's got the game on, you know, record for two weeks and then you just <laughs> do it the I, I can't th- wait for that email to come in for you.
0: So, you know, for well, I'm not <laughs> actually, I'm not saying it in Spanish. Not that they couldn't understand the English portion of it, but uh, <laughs> I, I could uh, try and translate and uh, no, I won't. Um, yeah.
3: That's cool though. I didn't, I didn't see the game. I know it's being hosted in Qatar, I believe. So yes. um, yeah, that, that's good. It's nice to see some parody. I mean, who knows? I think Bayern, along the way, were probably playing most of their guys, but uh, maybe they treat it as a little bit of a, a winter break and a league break. But end of the day, they're still playing the games with their best players. I think Lewandowski was playing in Davies, so I think it was their full team. But um, looked it. yeah, good for the Konkac teams. That's great.
1: Yeah, it was definitely their and full team. Secret
3: is a big club. Yeah, yeah. I mean Sigur is a big club, right? So yeah, they, just, they don't, they just don't have the market, you know, like most of the Konkac teams to. To be shown on on the world stage, so it's nice that they they get those opportunities.
0: So now, how deep are we into this FA Cup? Like how I, I, like we're watching the Chelsea Barnsley right now, and to
3: make the quarterfinals. Oh, this so is to make the last eight.
0: Okay, so this is uh, this this is going Around into it. the quarterfinals, or this is the quarterfinals? Yeah.
1: This is to get into the quarterfinals. Okay, okay, yeah,
3: this is to get into the quarterfinals. Are there I any possible?
0: Go ahead,
1: sorry, Dana.
3: No, I, did, I didn't see it yesterday because it was a hectic day. Um, but uh, it looked like Spurs, Everton was uh, the game wow. was a tie. Like it was a 5-4 thriller. It just seemed like complete back and forth. I had it on record and was able to flick through it. Um, I knew I'd get the results through. And so I didn't get to see it. But, um, yeah, disappointing result. But it sounded, it sounded like Tottenham actually attacked from the get-go, which was nice. I guess we just didn't sit back and defend, which was a surprise for me, so.
0: Are there any more oh, possible giant killers still in the mix? Does anybody know? Do we have well, any? Well, I think it? the
2: big, biggest upset yesterday was uh, Bournemouth beat Burnley, but I mean, I guess because the only reason would be close is that they're Burnley is the bishop side and Bournemouth is the uh, you know the the championship side, right? So, uh, shout out to Azmir Begovic for for getting the clean sheet and and uh, into the next. Uh, Extra of the FA Cup with
0: his with the squad. I'll be honest. I saw a game. It might have just been a uh, a Champions League game, and uh, you know uh, the guys from around here. And I and I don't want to badmouth them, but Begovic did not have a good game in in the match I saw, and it was less than a week ago. But it was a Champions nice. League game, and uh, I know their team That's is up the table. But I've, I'm trying to remember who they played against. But it was he had a poor outing, and they ended up losing the match. But It was he let in a couple of goals that were just the decision making that went on. Being a keeper coach, I'm probably a little bit more critical than than most people would be, but yeah, he needed to stop a few of these shots that actually went in.
1: It was a championship game. It was a championship. Sorry, yeah, yeah, it was a championship game. Champions League.
0: Oh, sorry, it was a championship game um, from the second tier league in England. Um, but it was, it was, it was good. I, I'm, I'm actually enjoying watching some of that. Of, of course, in the zone, I, through this whole COVID thing, I actually got rid of all my sports channels like TSN and Sportsnet. Um, so if you're listening, TSN and Sportsnet, Hey, if you can, uh, float me a bit of a, a way of watching you guys, I would, you know, then I'd actually watch some of the hockey that goes on in the evenings. Um. Uh, Maybe. Uh, but anyway, uh, what about more FA Cup? or Let's go right to the EPL. Let's get into the EPL and we'll wind it up on the EPL. How are you guys' as teams doing, the three of you? Because you all, all three got different teams.
3: Just to wrap up the FA Cup, I think they yep. released uh, the quarterfinal, so um, it's Everton-Man City, Bournemouth versus Southampton, so they'll be, I mean, Southampton's obviously still a great Premier League club, but they're not one of the big boys, so They'll, they'll make the semis, and then it's Leicester, Man United, and then Barnsley or Chelsea versus Sheffield United. So Chelsea looks like they have some favourable ties maybe to get to the semifinals, which I don't love, but that's okay.
1: Wow. I, w- I wouldn't say Southampton will get through easily, though. I mean, that's a South Coast rivalry. Oh.
3: No, I, I yes. agree. I agree. Bournemouth could easily get through to the semis. So they'll, they'll be... Would be somebody coming from there that's you know not one of the top four, let's say, with the cities and United and Chelsea and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we I mean, everything is give city a tough game too.
0: We're we're two minutes of extra time to go here, and it's one nil Chelsea, uh, but Barnsley's pressing. They're they're actually looking like they had some opportunities yeah. to, to put something in.
2: Yeah, Cammy Abraham cleared one off the line uh, off of a set piece too. Yeah, so it's it hasn't been a it hasn't been a you know out all you know, Shelling from Chelsea, but it's, it's been, it's one of those things, right? Now, does that Especially come, equalizer.
0: does that come down to the mystique of the FA cup and what it brings out of, oh. uh, all the athletes that are involved in it?
3: Oh, a little bit. There's been some, not, there's been some close games even with, uh, I think wolves went with like a lead two team to, mm-hmm. I mean, not, there's been a bunch of matches, a bunch of pictures that have gone, uh, the distance. I mean, I think Man City were losing 1-0 with about 13 minutes left in classic Man City. They scored three goals oh, or four goals, but.
2: They got done in on a, on a long throw and we're down 1-0 or something like that.
3: <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. was versus a small, small team. So yeah, that's the, that's the magic of the FA Cup. Uh, Premier League still as interesting as ever. I think the titles definitely shifted away to Man City, but all the remaining spots are, seem to be up for grabs. Tottenham have Man City this weekend. So. Not expecting much, but we did if we were the last team to beat them, so who knows, maybe Mourinho pulls out another master class of parking the bus and we nip a goal. But <laughs> I won't hold my I won't hold my breath, so we'll see.
0: A little disdain in your voice <laughs> about Mourinho.
3: <laughs>
0: well, we had this
2: conversation. We had this conversation when was fired. Remember this. <laughs> Just remember, I'll bring you back to it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and guys, do, do, huh? don't forget Newcastle are on a unbeaten streak right now. Yeah, I know. Of
3: one it's, game,
2: it's, it's, of one game, one game. <laughs> Yeah, Calvin Wilson, I think, picked up an injury. Though I think he'll be out for for a while. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a massive loss for, for Newcastle because he's actually come on in the last few games and and uh, put the ball in the back of the net. So that's a tough one. Yeah, for for us at Liverpool, I think uh, we've had a we've had a bad a bad run uh, January. Um, you know, we've taken some some heavy some we dropped some heavy points. Um, so we've got Leicester this weekend. We're not in the FA Cup, we're out of that cup competition, and Champions League around the corner. So I mean, we've got that to, to us. We're hoping that we can rebound this weekend. But you know, as a as a true uh, Liverpool fan, we always ride or die, right? We always support our club uh, if we're in, on the top of the world or if we're you know having won for 30 years. So um, it is what it is. But I want to give a, a going to give a shout out to uh, this this weekend actually. I've been following the the WSL out in the FA WSL, the Women's League, and uh, a true derby, Sean Manchester United versus Man City on the on the ladies' side, and nice. and and if you guys watched Manu play, uh, Tobin Heath, Kristen Press, Tobin Heath, uh, guys, oh my God, she would give most male footballers an absolute run for their money. She is such a class class player and. And it's excited, Jeanine, Becky, for that will be in our on our women's program. Will be uh, in the, is in the Man City side, and they they uh, they have a, they've got a really really uh, deep roster as well too. There, so it's it's going to be fun to, to see that as well.
1: It's a, it's actually good to see that it's being covered by TSN, isn't it? Or Sportsnet, one of them.
3: Sportsnet, yeah, uh, Sportsnet have, have been we'll, watching some we'll games.
1: Yeah, it's, that's brilliant. Uh, I do have to uh, mention R, because Steve Chichini was in, so <laughs> I've, I've mentioned it. So we can move on. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs>
0: no, no mention of, of wins or losses, but um, <laughs> you know what? Let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Unless unless you guys have anything else you want to add in regards to uh, EPL teams, anything like that, guys? Good, not good. We'll wait until we'll Saturday. The CPL. Yeah. The CPL. we'll have to wait till Saturday, and for you folks listening, you'll have to wait till Friday. And that's when we actually try and post these. So <laughs> you got a day to wait once they're done. Anyway, uh, you don't need to know that, but I'm going to babble about it anyway, because, you know, I'm the one talking on the mic at the moment. <laughs> Anyways, I hope everyone's enjoyed the show and uh, and gotten something out of it. As we say at the end of every show, if you want to, uh, you know, send a little note once this is posted, whether it's on the SoundCloud or I'm going to throw it to Sean. What's the email address here?
1: Uh, info in- and spdsa.net.
0: Yes. So you can send requests, thoughts, uh, if there's a certain guest you want to see on, we can definitely try and make that happen. I know we're working on it now, uh, uh, trying to get some, some, some people on, um, been a little tough over this COVID thing, trying to track some of them down, but we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can't do that in the, in the near future here as well. Um, but other than that, stay safe, stay happy uh we're back at football in some capacity which is a good thing for all of us here at the club and we look forward to uh, chatting with you again so from sean dano and d thanks for listening you have been listening to soccer talk of the park the official podcast of the sherwood park district soccer association we'll see you again You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association.